Nestled in the heart of the Midwest is a little slice of natural paradise. The beauty of Southern Illinois' rolling hills, oak hickory forests, peach and apple orchards, and rock bluffs higher than any building in Carbondale. They all line that rich green earth that form the most beautiful natural playground you've ever seen. Giant City State Park. Well now, sometimes it's hard to enjoy that beauty all around when you fall on hard times, and we was in some hard times, all right. The Great Depression came and fell on the good folks of Southern Illinois. The soil gave out, banks had no money, honest men couldn't afford no food or find a job. The folks around here will tell you that it was Franklin D. Roosevelt's Civil Conservation Corps and those hard-working rock soldiers of Camp Giant City that saved our rural livelihood and reminded us of how strong and proud we Southern Illinoisans are. Today is the first day's meeting of Camp Giant City and all the boys of Company 696 are getting their introduction into the CCC by Lieutenant Frank Mulcaster. It's 6 a.m. on a warm June morning in McCanda, Illinois, and the boys line up for morning muster. What these boys don't know yet is that the hard work of building roads and planting trees ain't just for the preservation of this beautiful region of Southern Illinois, but those hammers and axes and rock chisels are going to shape a new generation of young boys into men. I know some of you come here hungry. We will feed you. Three square meals of good each, courtesy of your cook, Pops Johnson. Some of you come here without even a pair of shoes to call your own. We will issue you the two standard outfits, boots, jackets, everything you need. No complaining on the fit, though. Just be glad you ain't got to work naked. <laughs> You'll have the evenings off in camp, and if you can behave yourselves, we can leave to experience some of the sights of Macanda Town. Now, as you can imagine, we have a lot of work to do. Some of you will start building the road. Some of you will start clearing underbrush. Now, I'm going to tell you boys this once. The government is paying you to work. Your community is paying you to work. So, by glory, we are going to work. Wait for Mr. Howard DeVille to call your name, then come and get your assignment. Hardwood, Ace. Gulliver, Thomas. Johnson, Emmett. Reed, Andrew. Halstead. Hey there, I'm George. George Cowboy from Harrisburg. The name is Buck Arthur. Where you from, Buck? Cartwright. I'm out of Shawneetown, but I done traveled this whole country on the rail and on foot. Boy, it sounds exciting, Buck. Sometimes it was exciting, but it was never forgiven. Those travels can make a young man feel older than he should. Arthur, Buck. Cobble, George. Road duty, boys. Fetch a shovel and hit the road. 
Looks like we're gonna be sweating today, Buck. I can think of a worse ways to earn a dollar. Back where I come from, Mama raised us after Daddy got caught for bootlegging. Then my sister, Minnie, got the fever. That's when I went to traveling for work. Found some work here and there and sent home as much as I could to pay the doctors. It left no money to travel like a decent man, so I hopped the train. And I ain't nobody gonna hire a train hobo to do nothing but shine your shoes for a penny. Looks like you ain't gonna be shining no shoes here, Buck. We're making something with this here, Cam. What did you do before all this, George? Work on my daddy's farm mostly. The crops didn't come up the last couple years. When I heard about the CCC, I signed up right away. Thought I could earn something more than the pittance I made playing guitar at the canteens anyway. No fooling? You play the guitar? You in it good? Ain't no telling. I'm always playing for a bunch of drunks. I just play these old cowboy songs and they pay me here and there. I can think of worse ways to earn a dollar, you know? <laughs> I hear you. You know, I picked up a little harp playing on my travels. Come weekend leave, maybe we could find someone to let us play there in Macanda Town. Did we hear right? You all play music? Looks that way. Howdy, I'm Earl Dickey, and this is my little brother Eddie. Pleasure. Might have fine to meet you. I'm Buck Arthur. George Cobble. Boy, I can't wait to hear you boys play. Looks like this camp life just keeps getting better. Hey, Earl. Maybe these boys can make some of that music at night. You know, to keep the animals away. What's he talking about? Sorry, guys. See, he heard rumors that there's panthers around these woods. Old man Rendleman was telling some of the boys that this morning. Panthers? That's news to me. I wouldn't put much stock in it, Eddie. Old wives' tale, I imagine. Now, old man Rendleman? He said he heard what sounded like a woman crying in the woods next to his house. Now, he ain't got no neighbors except one, old white Jones. And Jones sure ain't got no woman hanging around his quarters on account he's plumb mean. He's meaner two cats in a gunny sack and about as useless as tits on a bull. Eddie. Sorry, Earl. You know it's true, though. Anyways, he goes out to investigate, but it's pitch dark. There ain't no moon overhead that night, and Rendleman left in a hurry without a light. He starts walking those woods, following that awful moan. Suddenly it stops. He keeps him moving toward the sound he heard, and then he hears twigs break behind him. He turns around but doesn't see anything. Every step he takes, there's an echo right behind him that moves closer and closer. He's ghost white at this point, cause he starts to figure out there ain't no woman to be found and something's hot on his trail. Finally, he turns around just in time to see that black shiny tail swinging back and forth, back and forth, and then big green eyes hungry for a meal. Well, he says he ran so fast back to his house, he lost a shoe. Ain't never found that shoe either. <laughs> That's a mighty fine story, Eddie. But I reckon you talking about old Toby Rendleman, eh? That's it. Mr. Toby Rendleman swore by Ah, well, 
See, around here, we just refer to him as Tall Tail Toby on account of he lies like a no-legged dog. Like George said, it's a story meant to scare kids like you. What's happening over there? You no good numbskull. You nearly took my head off swinging that thing like a drunk. I'm sorry there, friend. I ain't feeling too good. You ain't no friend of mine. You've been slowing us down all morning. Now you done nearly killed me swinging that shovel like you're swatting a damn horse fly. What's wrong with you? What's the problem, boys? I'm sorry, Mr. DeVille. I'll I tell just... you the problem. This skinny slouch has been poking around these rocks all morning without putting a dent in, and then he goes to shovel some dirt and swings and misses and nearly takes my head clear off. Ain't no room for a lazy bum around here. I apologize again. See, Mr. Ville, I come here just so hungry. Breakfast this morning was the first time I can remember eating more than a morsel. I just ain't built my strength up yet. Mr. Ville, please don't send me home. I promise I'll keep working on it. It's why I'm here, sir. What's your name, son? Lenny Staff, sir. Mr. Staff, why don't you run on down to the kitchen and get yourself something to eat? You help Pops get the camp lunches and the dinner ready tonight, and we'll call that even for a day's work. How's that? Thank you, sir. Mr. DeVille, I'll sure do that, sir. Thank you again. Sir, you gonna reward that man's laziness? He ain't nothing but a loaf. That's what we ought to call him. Lenny the Loaf. <laughs> he nearly killed me. He'll probably end up swinging a spoon and hurt old Pops, too. <laughs> Boy, that there's your brother. And we feed our brothers when they're hungry. I call you a boy because I can tell you ain't no man yet. Because a man can see that that poor soul seen more hard times than you ever knew. This here's your family. What's your name, boy? Wayne Cartwright. Well, Mr. Cartwright, because you ain't yet learned what a family goes through in order to help each other out, I'm gonna help you help them. You see, we ain't got the bathrooms quite up in order, as you might all well have seen. So somebody's got to clean them piss buckets outside the barracks for use every morning. Now, boys, it looks like we found a way our dear brother Cartwright can learn to help his fellow man. Now, Mr. Cartwright, you'll be developing this newfound skill for the next week, so I suggest you enjoy the lesson. Unless you would like to learn it for the next month. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. All right, boys. Five minutes. Get yourself a drink of water, then back to it. Oh, and gentlemen, I happen to overhear your conversation. I'd listen to your new friends, Mr. Dickey, and wouldn't lose a wink of sleep. Ain't no panthers around here. Ham Giant City will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Come on down to the Makanda Country Star where we've got coffee, sandwiches, hot sauce, and ice cream for the kiddies. There's something for everyone right here. Down in the valley, coffee and more, the Country Star. Woo-wee, I am beat. Pop sure can cook though, can he? Can't remember the last time I ate fried chicken and carrots and beans. I'm likely to sign up for another stay here, boys. You ain't fooling. Lenny looked pretty happy behind that serving line, didn't he? Heard he whipped up that pudding out of thin air. Even Pops is impressed. Looks like he found his place, and I'm glad for him. Yeah, that Wayne is meaner than a snake, though, ain't he? Busting Lenny's chops like that? The guy weren't nothing but starving. He was pure skin and bones. I've never seen someone so skinny. Yeah, he got his, though. 
Lights out. Night, boys. I'll be dreaming of pudding all night. You hear that? Yeah, George, I heard it all right. You know what that sounds like? Can't be George. Probably a coyote. No way, Buck. I grew up with coyotes around the farm. That ain't no damn coyote well. You letting little at his wives' tails get to you, George. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Now I know that ain't no coyote. It's a panther. It's, it's a big spooky panther. I think he's right. You guys be quiet. Ain't no panther out there. But if you keep up that racket, they're gonna put us on latrine duty, too. My God. Oh, my Reynolds was alive. I can't sleep a wink, Buck. That, that thing could bust through the window at any minute and take me. I, I won't sleep. God damn it, Daddy. Go to sleep, you gonna wake the whole company. He's right, Buck. Ain't nobody gonna sleep tonight with that thing running and scratching at the window. All right, all right. Settle down. George, come with me. We'll show these boys ain't nothing to be scared about. Sure, Buck. anything to protect yourself? I thought you said there ain't nothing to worry about, Buck. Shh, keep your voice down. There ain't nothing to worry about, but you know, could be some town kids trying to rob the camp, you know. Right. I got a hunting knife. That'll work. Hmm. Let's see here. I got my belt. I use it as a whip. Okay, now. We'll just do a perimeter check then back inside. You hear that? Alright, I know you hear that. Shut up, George. Of course I do. Look, right on us. Get that blade ready, George. I'm gonna jump behind you and crack that thing right on the nose. You get ready in case it tries to pound. Ready? Count of three. Ready. One, two, three. What is it, Buck? A burglar. And I got that sucker right in the face. You idiots! That ain't no burglar, Buck. That's Wayne Cartwright. You were the one making those noises? You son of a bitch, you hit me right in the eye. Well, of course I did, you dumb lug. You should have known better than to try and scare us. You're lucky we didn't splay you. What's with the racket out here? Great. Look what you did now, Wayne. You basically woke up the whole damn company with your tomfoolery. Gentlemen, why the hell are you all out here in the middle of the night? It's nothing, sir. Uh, we was just coming this out This damn to... fool was wailing in the middle of the night, scaring little Eddie into thinking there was a panther. George and I went to investigate in case it was a burglar. He woke damn near half the company. Well, looks now like all the company. That true, Wayne? I was just giving these boys a good first day prank is all, sir. Ain't no big deal. Well, Mr. Cartwright, looks like you've earned another good month solid on latrine duty. You enjoy pretending to be an animal? Looks like you're gonna end up smelling like one, too. <laughs> now back to the bunker, boys. Get some sleep. Well, Wayne, looks like you ain't too bright, are you? Certainly ain't no whiz kid, is he? Ooh, that's good. Hey, Wayne, I got a nickname for you. Big Whiz. <laughs> well, looks like Big Whiz, I mean, Wayne, might eventually learn his lesson. Join the company next time as they get to experience their first weekend leave 
in the town of Makanda. Stay tuned.